The following audio is from the Grove Church Marysville campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. If you have your Bibles with you, I want to encourage you to take these out. Um, we always encourage you to bring your Bible with you, or if you've got that smartphone with that Bible app, encourage you to take that out and open it up. We're going to be in a couple different spots uh, in the book of Luke, and we're going to start in Luke 5, starting in verse 15, Luke 5. Starting in verse 15, um, we're continuing the Life Multiplied series. Um, If you missed it last week, uh, you can always go onto the website, grove.church. You can click on the resources and either listen to the podcast or watch the vodcast and get caught up. Um, But as you're turning in your Bibles, I don't know if there's anybody, maybe you are late to me a little bit. I want to explain a scenario to you. We just come out of the holiday season. I know it seems like an eternity ago, but it literally was less than a month ago, people, okay? Um, And so uh, I don't know about you, but I don't know what season of life you're in but I am neck deep. No, 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 no. I'm way in over my head in the season of little kids right now when it comes to Christmas and the toys and the gifts that we get them. Um, and so what that means for, for me as a daddy or maybe even for you as a mommy sometimes with small kids, when Christmas comes around, right, you have to put gifts together. Like there's something you have to build like inevitably every year. I remember a few years ago, I don't know if anybody's ever been in that place, but a few years ago we bought, it was actually maybe three or four years ago, Five years ago, uh, we bought, uh, my daughter then was like three or four years old, and uh, we bought her like a kitchenette little thing. Anybody ever tried to put one of those things together? And I'm not talking about like the plastic one with three pieces that slides together and you put a few screws. This is like we open this up. And, 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 and I, by the way, I had just left Christmas Eve services here, drove to Duval, which is like an hour away. The whole family's there, her parents, her sister, husband, their kids. There's like, you know, all of us are together. And I spent Christmas Eve like two and a half hours because there was a billion pieces, right? I mean, screws and, and hinges and stickers, stickers for a kitchen. I don't know. But there's all this stuff. It took me two and a half hours. I was in a room by myself putting this thing together while well, they all enjoyed Christmas Eve. So uh, maybe, maybe it's not toys for you. Maybe that doesn't relate. Maybe that season of life is, is in the past for you, or maybe you haven't gotten there yet. Uh, maybe a better analogy is, you know, maybe you just bought a barbecue at Lowe's. And for some reason, you decided to not have them put that together for you. And you decide you want to take that on yourself, right? And so maybe it's barbecue. Or maybe barbecue is not your thing, and maybe it's Ikea furniture or, or some kind of furniture, right? And, 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 and what usually comes with these toys or these barbecues or, or this furniture? What usually comes with it? A set of instructions, right? And yet, there are a lot of us, for some reason, we have the propensity when going to build something like this, that this is a, and we just throw it aside, and we'll just figure it out as we go. How hard can it be, right? And then we get like halfway through it and we realize that the cornerstone piece that makes the whole thing work and achieve its purpose, we forgot or had upside down. We took the whole thing apart and put it back together, right? I don't know what it is, but for some of us deep in our DNA, we just don't want to use the instructions when putting something together. Maybe that doesn't resonate for you. Let me give you another example. Maybe, maybe for you more, what you don't like is, is directions, you don't want somebody telling you how to get somewhere, how to do something, right? Like GPS, just think about going from one place to another, right? Nowadays, 99% of us have a smartphone. If you still have a flip phone, I, I congratulate you. you. You're amazing. You're incredible. Uh, but most of us have a smartphone, and what comes default on smartphones now is, well, the GPS. You can open up your maps, and you can figure out where you're going. And you can choose to have a girl talk to you or a boy voice talk to you. You can choose an Australian accent or a British accent or an American. I mean, we got all these options, right? right? You got these GPS, and you put it in. It takes you from where you are to where you want to go. And some of us don't like to use that. Does anybody remember what was before the smartphone? Right? Remember the Garmin GPSs that you bought? Yeah, I bought one of those six months before they came default on your phone. So that was fun, $300 that I used for six months. 
And my dad used to tell me, he used to have to plug them in, you know, because he had them for years. You had to plug them in to like update the maps every so often into your computer, you know, because so, they would change the maps and stuff like that. Does anybody remember what was before the GPS stuff, the Garmin's? MapQuest. We'll get to the Thomas Guide in a second. You're skipping a very important step, which is MapQuest. Remember, you had your Commodore 64. I'm just kidding. But you plugged it into the 56K dial. up. You've got mail, right? You remember these days? And you'd put in your destination, and it would print you out sheets of paper that would tell you how to get where you're going, right? And then before that, yes, were Thomas Guides, or actual physical maps. And some of you, I can see it on your faces, you still have them under the seat of your car. I'm not going to point you out, Right? And some of us, like the individuals who don't want to use the instructions and, hey, man, I'll just figure it out as I go, some of us don't like to follow directions. And this can play out in a myriad of different conversations depending on uh, the situation. But for an example's sake, you know, maybe you're riding with your spouse. And your spouse may say, you know, well, do you want me to put it in my GP? No, I know where I'm going. Well, how do you know where you're going? Well, I was here like 20 years ago. I mean, how much could the town have changed in 20 years? And then you get lost and you miss turns and then you're arguing, right? And the, whatever it is, some of us have a propensity not to want to follow directions. And the reality is, is that this same ideal is how many of us, you and I, approach life. Specifically our spiritual lives. Right? In the same way that this toy, for instance had a creator that said, this is how it's supposed to gather so that it functions in its purpose. Here's the instructions on how to build it the right way so that it works. You and I were given a set of instructions that a creator made when he made you and I, and yet, I will just figure it out as we go. In the GPS conversation, there's a direction our life should go. There are waypoints or destinations that we should be seeking after, and he's given us directions on how to get there, and yet, we just have this mentality of, well, I'll just figure it out as we go. And we wonder why we have so many roadblocks, so many struggles, why themes, things seem to just not work or go right for us. Right? The purpose of directions is to help take us from where we are to where we're trying to go. Instructions to build it the way that it was intended to be built. And that's the same thing with our lives. And that's why today as we jump into life multiplied, the topic is the devotional life. And here's the thing, I get it. For many of us in this room, this topic of spending time in our Bible and devotions and spending time in prayer with God, we've heard it a hundred times. For some of us, it's been decades and we've heard it thousands of times. And yet there it still sits, a set of instructions, a set of directions, and it's on a shelf collecting dust somewhere. And the truth is, is that you and I, let's be honest, we're, we're trying to navigate this thing called life. And there are many things that you and I, all of us, have in common. Similar things that we will face and come up against and have to press through. But there's also unique things, aren't there? Right? There are things that you're facing right now that I may never face in my life. I may never experience some of the things that you've either gone through or are going through right now. You may never experience some of the things that I've gone through. But either way, as we engage life and try to make our way through life, the good things, the bad things, the tough things, and the struggles, as we try to navigate those things, we do it in a way that says, man, we'll just figure it out as we go. And again, I know you've heard it hundreds or thousands of times, but I'm here to remind all of us of a truth. There's a better way. There is a better way. When we talk about the Bible, when we talk about this set of instructions, 
the, the set of directions that points us towards ways that our lives should be going. I get it, it's tough. There's roadblocks and things that stand in our way. But the Bible is this incredible redemptive story that begins with God creating all things to have relationship with him. It was perfect. And yet somewhere along the line, mankind turned away from God and sin entered the world, which ultimately means it separated us from him. And this Bible, the scriptures are a redemptive story of him making a way which culminates in the life of his son Jesus that comes and gives his life, ransoms his life, sacrifices his life to pay for you and I to have access back to God. It's this incredible, beautiful redemption story. And then after his life, when he ascends into heaven, he then gives the church, which by the way, isn't a building. It's not an organization. The church is you and I. We are the church. And he gives a mission to the church to carry out, to take that message everywhere. And it's actually not one story. It's not one book. It's actually 66 different books. Did you know that? Written by over 40 different authors over the course of over 1,500 years. Imagine writing a book and the person who's ending the book is 1,500 years after you wrote the first chapter. And yet it's one cohesive redemptive story. It's incredible. And as we look to scripture on the devotional life, there's many places we could go, but the life of Jesus is always the best. And the incredible part about the life of Jesus, it's not just what he taught, it's also what he modeled, what he walked out. You and I come into contact with people throughout our lives and they kind of have the motto or, or, or they envelop this, do as I say, not as I do. And when we meet those kind of people, something doesn't feel right, right? Something's off. Well, don't do this. Well, you can't do that, and you have to do this, but the rules don't apply to them, right? We know that actions speak louder than words, and that's the beauty of Jesus. It's not only what he taught. It's what he modeled, and there's a couple different places in the book of Luke that points of the model that Jesus gave for us when it comes to this idea of the devotional life, and I had you turn to the first one, Luke chapter 5, starting in Verse 15, and we, we jump in here. Jesus has been traveling and doing miracles, and, and, and his name is starting to spread, and people are coming to see him. And we pick it up, and it says this. You can follow along with me. It says, yet the news about him, Jesus, spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew. If you have your Bible with you, I want you to underline often withdrew. Or if in your smart app, the, the, the version app on your smartphone, you can click on that. And you can highlight it a color. Um, but basically, uh, you're going to see this theme. It says that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. Just previous to this in Luke chapter 4, we read about the, uh, the 40 days that Jesus went into the wilderness to pray and fast. He went to the devotional time of meeting with his father in prayer, and he also added fasting to it. We also know this as as the time when Satan came and tempted Jesus. And this is just a side note for you in this process, but did you ever notice what Satan uses when he tempts Jesus? Scripture. That's what he does. He takes truth, and then he twists it and perverts it to something different. So every time he tempted Jesus, he used Scripture. Here's another interesting note. What was Jesus' rebuttal always used with? Scripture. The truth. The Bible says that it's alive, it's living, and it's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides bone and marrow. It It is a weapon to be used, and it's at our disposal. And so what we see is Jesus withdraw 
And then he withdraws for 40 days and adds fasting to it. Here's another one in Luke. You don't need to turn there. Just listen to this. Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 39. It says, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. And on reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, and he knelt down, and he prayed. And this is what he prayed. He said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. We see in just a few practical places in the book of Luke that it was regular practice for Jesus to withdraw from the busyness, withdraw by himself to a solitary place to spend time with God. And so when we start talking about the devotional life for us, it means spending time in the Bible. It means like Jesus praying and spending time bringing the things that we need to God, telling him about our situation, and also about stopping to listen for him to speak back to us. Jesus modeled this over and over again. And what we see are these two principles that are key to a devotional life. And these two things aren't separate. They go together like peanut butter and jelly. Maybe you don't like peanut butter and jelly. I'm trying to know. They go together like chicken and waffles. If you haven't tried it, you're missing out. I'm just saying, all right? No, they go together like Batman and Robin. Okay, I'm going to stretch back a little farther for some of you, right? These two things go together like Sonny and Cher, all right? Yeah, you guys are, yeah, you're following me, right? These two things are spending time reading the scriptures, the instructional manual that God gave us, the directions for a life of where we should be going, and prayer, spending it with him, and Jesus modeled that for us. That was often his practice, and it should be ours as well. And here's the thing. I get it. For some of us, we've heard and we've known for years, even decades, that it's important. That spending time in the Bible and connecting with it on a regular basis is important, and yet there seems to be these roadblocks, these, these, these hurdles that get in our way from actually making it happen that it's a part of life. If statistics are true, I'll just be honest with you, the majority of us in this room, which is over 80% of us, never pick up the Bible or hardly ever pick up the Bible and actually spend time in it. That's the majority of us in this room. And the crazy part of that's where it is, I get it, there are hurdles that stand in our way. So my question, my hope is that could it be different today when you leave than it has been the last decade or 40 years for some of you where you've been going to church for your whole lives and yet it still isn't a principle that's in practice in your life? I get it. There's roadblocks. I want to share a few of the major ones with us today and identify them. And I want to do it kind of in the way that David Letterman used to do, you know, the, the, tonight, you know, the, the, the late show that he was on. He would do the top 10 list and he'd work backwards from 10 to 1. I don't have 10 for you, I have three, but we're gonna start with three and make our way to one. One of the biggest roadblocks and hurdles that gets in a lot of our ways is that, Ryan, I get it, and I haven't even tried, but man, the Bible's confusing. Man, it's, it's boring. Like, I'm more of a Lord of the Rings kind of guy, so, you know, I, when I read this, man, I don't know what's going on, and I get that. I understand that. There are difficult portions that are in here, I had somebody say one time, man, I, I used to, to listen to a pastor, and he was amazing, but, man, he was like a theologian, he had like a theological degree, and so, like, he would get deep into, like, the history, and, and so we were, like, reading Leviticus and Numbers, and, man, that's boring. Like, so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so. 
Which, if you don't know what that means, it's like, well, here's this purple, this person, and then they have these kids, and then they have these kids, and then these have these kids, and it's like chapter upon chapter upon chapter of that. I get it, it's boring. And if you would say that you're in the place that you'd say, man, Ryan, I, I really am. I, I never read my Bible, hardly ever. On Sundays when I'm here, that's really honestly it. If that's the place that you're in, just let me say, don't start in Leviticus and Numbers, okay? <laughs> I have a hard time with Leviticus and Numbers. Now, it's amazing for what it is because the Bible is actually a historical document as well. And theologians and scholars can dive into it and pull out things from that that are principles that can wow us. Man, we can track, man, Jesus came from the line of David. Oh, man, and all the way back to, to Adam. You could do all these crazy things, but for us, it's like trying to wade through a swamp with, you know, filled waders full of water. Like, it's hard to get through. I get that. But there are places that I can point you, that any one of us can point you, that can actually apply to you today. Don't start in those places, right? First obstacle, that first roadblock is, man, it can be confusing or boring. Here's another one, number two. And this applies to a lot of us. Ryan, I, I want to, but man, I'm so busy. Man, time, I just feel like I don't, I don't have time to sit down and do that. And I get it. It seems like every second of every minute of every hour of every day is spoken for, doesn't it? We're so busy from the moment we get up to the moment we go to bed. We're so busy doing things. And whether we know it or not, we're always prioritizing our day. And we may not sit down and make a priority list of what we're going to do in our day, but the reality is there are non-negotiables. In our subconscious, we are putting together, these are the things I have to get done today. This, this is sometimes how it can go. Well, here's a non-negotiable. I have to go to work. I have to go to work. Because if I don't go to work, then I don't have any money. And, and if I don't have any money, then I can't pay for the place that, that I'm living. And, and if I don't have any money, then I can't pay for the food that I need to eat to stay alive. So it's a non-negotiable. I have to go to work. I mean, I have to be able to, to, to pay for the car to get to the job that helps me make the money to pay for my house, to pay for my stuff. I, I, I have to have the clothes that I need. And I need to have margin in my life because I'll get burnt out if I don't relax. And so there's vacations and then there's toys and there's pleasure and there's all of these things. And without us even knowing it, we prioritize our day. We invest our time and our resources into what we think is the most important thing that will give us the biggest return. And we prioritize our day. And so that what ends up happening is at the end of the day, I don't mean that figuratively, I mean at the end of a literal day, what happens is, is man, I want to, but I, I just don't have to. I ran out of time today. Uh, maybe I'll pick it up tomorrow. Man, man, I would love to give financially to support the mission of, of the church, but at the end of the month, I, I just didn't have anything left. And if that's you, if you'd say, man, I am a part of that group, man, I, I've heard this, I've even tried it, but man, I have not been able to make it a regular practice in my life. If you're one of the 80% of people that call themselves Christians that just don't pick it up or don't do it regularly, I want to help you. And some of you might say, Ryan, I know where you're going with this. Hey, just do join us and do the one-year Bible reading plan with us. And just four easy chapters a day for 365 days, and you'll complete the Bible in a year. Four chapters a day? I can't even read four verses a day. Ryan, it's going to take me like eight hours to read four chapters. I know what we think. But the reality is it doesn't take eight hours to read four chapters in the Bible. It really takes about 10 to 15 minutes. And if we don't have 10 to 15 minutes of margin in our lives, man, that, that take, it's time for us to take a look 
and how we're prioritizing, how we're scheduling. But here's the thing. I've got an answer for you. If you say, man, I want to, but I've never been able to cross the hurdles. I've never been able to actually, I've tried, uh, but I've never been able to do it and make it regular. I'm going to tell you a way. I'm going to show you a way today that you don't even have to find an extra 10 to 15 minutes in your day. We talk about the YouVersion Bible app a lot. Again, 99% of us have a smartphone. If you have a flip phone, this won't work for you, but I can help you. Come see me afterwards. We'll find another way to get over this hurdle, okay? But I want you to go home today. I'm just asking you to take a step. I know how frustrating it can be to say, man, I've tried, but I've never been able to get there. I want you to go download version. You go to your app store, whatever it is, Android or the Apple store, whatever it is. You download that app, and I want to show you something. Let me ask you a question first. I'm going to ask you to engage with me just for a moment. Humor me. Not a trick question. You're not going to look silly. Just asking you to raise your hand if any of these things apply to you. Does anybody in here have a commute or they spend more than 10 minutes uh, in a day in your car going from one place to another? Okay. How many of you guys would say that, that you go jogging or work out or do something where you're listening to music? Okay. We need a lot healthier church. Okay. Um, <laughs> make it easy for you. How many of you take a shower every day? Please, for the love, raise your hand. Okay. I want to show you something with the YouVersion Bible app. If you're one of those individuals, say, Ryan, I'd love to, but man, I've never been able to cross the hurdles. I can't do it. I've tried before, and I just can't make that step. I don't have the time to do it. I want to show you something. You ready for this? Chapter 13, the beast out of the sea. Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns. And written on each head were names that blasphemed God. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. Two things. Some of you are saying, that's in the Bible? Yes, it's in the Bible. You're like, that really is like Lord of the Rings. But here's the other thing, and even more importantly, because first off, let me say this. If you're just starting out reading the Bible, I'm not telling you to go to read the, you know, the revelational you know, visions that John had in Revelation. It's, it's crazy. But the Bible is incredible. It's not all just history. There are incredible stories that you'll read and go like, what? That seems impossible. But you know what? They happen. Why? Because we serve an impossible God. There are incredible, engaging stories in here. But here's even the bigger thing. You can have that Bible app read it to you while you're driving in your car on your way to work. You don't even need an extra 10 to 15 minutes. Maybe you're jogging and that's your thing or you're working out. Or maybe your job allows you to have your earbuds in. Or maybe there's some other way. Do you want to know how I do it? You can confirm this with my wife. She's our nursery coordinator at the Grove. You can go ask her. I'm not lying to you. I listen to it in the shower. And she thinks I'm crazy because she thinks I'm going to drop my phone and ruin my phone in the shower. I've got, a, I've got a system, people, okay? But there's a way that you can do it that doesn't take you extra time. And no, it's not sitting down with all your concordances, and it's not sitting down with the Hebrew and the Greek language, But for most of us, we're not starting there. That doesn't even make any sense. Just allow it to read it to you and get it inside of you. It's that easy. Yes, a hurdle. It's boring. It's confusing. Ryan, I don't get it. Man, my time. I just, I feel like I don't have enough time. And here's the last one. This is a big one. 
man, will it really make a difference? I mean, is it really going to actually do anything? I mean, if I sit down and committed to do this, is it really going to change anything in my life? Because if I work harder, I know that changes things in my life. If I'm diligent at my work and I, and I educate myself, then I've got more opportunity. So then I can make, that's actually going to change my life. Man, if, if I do this thing or that thing or I work harder, if I wake, man, that will get me to this destination over here. But will reading the Bible actually do anything? Our lives are spent in pursuit of many things. And usually they come in a priority of a destination we're trying to achieve. Sure, more money in your bank account is going to feel real good for a while. Sure, getting that new position and that title and, and now you're working over people and you, and you feel like a leader and you find value in, in your job and what you do. Sure, that'll feel good for a while. Sure, the vacations and the toys and the stuff and all that stuff will feel really good for a while. But what if I told you that those things that we prioritize in our lives are leading us to a destination that will never satisfy us because those things can never bring satisfaction? You reach a waypoint thinking, man, if I can just get to this level, then we get there and it's like, well, that's fleeting. Now I need the next thing. And we hear the stories of people all the time that make millions of dollars, have everything they ever wanted, and are unhappy and unsatisfied. And if you feel that way, if you feel stuck, like you're spinning your wheels, like no matter what you prioritize in your life, that it just never makes you feel satisfied, might I remind you that there's a better way. There's a creator who created you to be put together a certain way that has destinations for you. Some of us need to change our destinations. We're heading in the wrong direction toward things that will never satisfy and the very things that we end up thinking that we mentioned a few moments ago, like, well, I just didn't have any time left in the day today, maybe tomorrow. Man, I'd love to give, but man, there's just nothing else in the bank account, no margin this time. What if the answer to finding that thing that we really want, which is our purpose, your individual purpose and destiny that God created for you was found in prioritizing the things that right now are our leftovers? And happen maybe if we have enough time left in the day. I want to end with this. The idea of that destination, and they could be many, that a lot of us are heading towards that we think will reap a reward of some kind. Some of us, we've spent a lifetime heading towards that destination. There's a warning in this same book, the book of Luke. I just want you to hear this. It's chapter 9, verse 24, if you're taking notes. But it says this, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very soul, their very self? That destination, that thing that so many of us are striving towards will never produce the thing that you're looking for. But when we give him priority, when we spend time and we make time with him, reading his word, time with him, praying, our priorities change, and he takes the little bit that we think we have, the, the little bit of time, and he multiplies it. He takes the little bit of money that we have, and he multiplies it. He takes the little bit of influence that we think we have to change our world that we live in, and he multiplies it. 
I heard it said like this before, and I've lived on this truth. I would rather, and I'm going to get uncomfortable for a moment, but I'm going to get practical with you. I would rather live with 90% of my money being faithful to give to the mission of God and have him on my side than have 100% of my money and it's all me by myself. He takes what we have and he multiplies it. But it's about the priorities that we place in our life. We call it, and the message even title is the devotional life. Think about that word devotion. Imagine a husband or a wife saying to the other, I'm devoted to you, but I never talk to you, and I never spend time with you. How weird is that? We never spend time with the creator to figure out how we were built. We don't spend time with him to figure out, am I going in the right direction, or am I heading towards something that's fleeting and going to be empty in the end? Like Jesus when we spend time to withdraw and get away, it refocuses us. It invites the Holy Spirit to check our hearts. It energizes us to choose God's plan over our plan. It increases our availability for God to use us throughout the day. And it identifies sin. The psalmist said it so well in Psalm 119.11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I will not lie to you. If you make this a priority in your life, it doesn't mean your life will go perfect, go easy, and you'll never have problems or issues or struggles. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Life happens. Bad things happen. Struggles happen. But do you know how many things you and I face that are self-inflicted? We head towards sin not even knowing that it's sin sometimes. And the psalmist says, I'm going to get your word in me. So that when a situation arises and I've got opportunity or I'm heading towards a destination, I can say, well, that seems in all practical purposes in the business world or whatever it is like a good choice. But wait a minute. Didn't I just read the other day that Jesus said that the Bible said that, man, don't, don't, don't seek after earthly treasure that rust and moth will destroy. You can't take it with you. But invest in eternal things. That may seem good by all these other influences in the world, but I know something different. Something's different. It helps guide us and keep us from falling in to some of those areas. I want to give us a practical next step, and I'm done. I want it for every one of us, but I'm going to talk to the biggest group of us right now. If statistics are true, the majority of us in this room, we identify like, I, I want to. But I'm, some hurdle or hurdles have always kept me from getting it. Always kept me from getting, I tried it, I made it a couple days. I tried it, I made it a day. I tried it a couple, I made it a couple weeks. I'm going to ask you to take one single step if that's you. That when you go home today, download that version Bible app. Find the solid life reading plan. I think we have a slide that will show you the one that we're going through. And when you're driving to work or you're taking a shower or you're running and jogging or whatever it is that you do just for one week, I'm not asking you for you to do it for a year. I'm not asking for you to do it for six months. I'm not asking for three-month commitment or even one. We can all commit to one week. For one week, every journey starts with a step. For one week, I'll listen to it. For one week, I'll get in and I'll follow along with it. And at the end of that week, just reassess where you are. Just one week. If you've been spinning your wheels and working hard and doing all these things, but you feel like, man, I am no more happy than I was a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, and you've never gotten this down, give something else a try. 
And here's the promise that I guarantee you, is he will meet you in that place. He promises, the book of James, it says it's a promise that as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. As you focus in and pray, listen to that 10 to 15 minutes of that version app, and then pray afterward, God, I don't know what all that meant, but I just want more of you. Please show yourself to me. He's not going to turn away from you. I promise you he will meet you. This year, 2019 can be different. It may have been decades for you, but it can be different if you just take a step today. And maybe you're in that place, man, I read it periodically. Man, I read it every now and then, but I'm not doing it every day. Take that same step. Take that same step. And for those of you that are here, and you say, man, I read my Bible every day, Ryan. I pray every day. Well, what about me? Well, maybe like Jesus, as he went into the wilderness, maybe find ways to add regular fasting to your prayer. And if you don't know what that means or what that is, come talk to one of us. You can look it up. The idea of just taking time to take things out of our life and refocus on him. Or maybe you need to start a Bible study that you can help other individuals. Like, man, it's the confusing part. It's, it's, it's the it's boring part. Can you help me? Maybe that's how God wants to use you. But take a step. Don't let today be different or be the same as you leave today as when you came in. Let it be different. Make a choice. Take a step. I promise you, he will meet you in that place. Amen? Let me pray for you. God, we thank you for your word. And God, the truth is that so many of us want and have the desire and have even tried to engage you on a regular basis. And for whatever reason, one of the three hurdles we talked about, or maybe there's something different, God, it keeps us from getting in. The busyness of life, whatever it is, God, I pray for a boldness in all of us just to take a step one week. I can do this for one week. For one week when I take a shower, I'm gonna play that. For one week while I'm driving to and from where I'm going, I'm gonna listen to that. For one week while I'm jogging and running, I'm gonna listen to it. It's 10 to 15 minutes. For one week, and God, we pray that you would show up in a real way that this could become a habit in our lives that is so hard to break because we want to follow the instructions. We don't want to do life what we'll just figure it out as we go. We don't want to be aiming towards destinations where we're going to get lost and we're just going to have to start all over again. God, we want more of you. We want to know you. And so God, would you do that? Give us a boldness to take that one step. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Marysville Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.